This is HRT, a podcast featuring interviews with HR leaders, researchers, students, and influencers. HRT takes trending topics and research in human resources, steeps them for 30 minutes or less, and leaves you with fresh brewed ideas on how to drive high-performing, inclusive organizations and create meaningful work experiences. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD, the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University. Hi, everyone. Welcome to HRT. I'm your host, Bethany Adams. I love HRT, but truth be told, I am still a coffee drinker. On today's episode, I got the opportunity to sit down with Jim Banks. Jim is currently SHRM's general counsel. He is a U.S. Army veteran and an advocate for veteran hiring in the workplace. In this episode, we are going to discuss some of the misconceptions surrounding hiring veterans and offer some tips and tools for employers to bridge the gap between the military and civilian sectors to recruit, retain, and support veterans in your organization. Now, like our last episode, this podcast was recorded at the SHRM Inclusion Conference in New Orleans back in October, pre-social distancing, and you will hear some background noise a few times, so forgive us. It was a very busy conference where Jim was actually one of the speakers, sharing his experiences from the military. And we are going to dive in by asking Jim to talk a little bit about his background in the military and his shift into HR. Well... I went to college from high school on an Army ROTC scholarship. So that was sort of my first experience with the Army, I guess, at all, is going to college on that scholarship. And so as a result, I studied all sorts of military subjects, leadership, et cetera, during college, during my ROTC years. And then when I graduated, I was commissioned in the United States Army, and I served as an infantry officer for a little over four years. I went to airborne school when I was in college as a cadet. Then after I got out of college and was commissioned into the Army, I spent basically my first year being trained down at Fort Benning, Georgia, because that's the home of the infantry. So I went through ranger school, mortar platoon officer school, infantry officer basic course down there. Just spent a year doing that stuff. Then I was assigned to the 82nd Airborne Division, mostly which is in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And that's where I spent the next few years. So after that military experience, how did you get into working in HR? Tell us a little bit about your life after. After I got out of the Army, I went to law school. So I started, I got, I guess I left the Army like the first week in August. And then two weeks later, I'm sitting in class in in law school. It was a pretty quick transition. (laughs) Where did you go to law school? Uh, University of Virginia. All right. We won't hold that against you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so I went to UVA Law School, graduated, and then I was a trial lawyer in lots of different contexts, mostly civil trial lawyer at first. And as a civil trial lawyer, I did commercial litigation and employment law. And that was sort of my first exposure to the HR world. And then I went on and I've done a number of different things in my legal career. I was a prosecutor for a while. I was a judge. I even did a short period of time where I was an elected official. I served as a an elected city councilman and, and vice mayor in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you. Uh, for one term. So yes. much service. Service is a theme throughout. Yeah, it, I guess your it career. really is. I guess it really is. 
But when I went back to after I was a prosecutor and after I was on city council, when I went back into the private sector, I was again did most of my work as an employment lawyer. So that was sort of how I got involved in the whole HR field. And so for well over 20 years, I advised lots of clients, mostly Fortune 500 companies on HR policies, practices, et cetera. So that was how I got into the HR space. Well, we're glad that you're here because (laughs) kind of your experience and your service brings so much to the HR profession. And you spoke earlier in your talk about your personal experience in the Army and how that has made you a better leader and better in organizations. So I'm curious, tell us a little bit about some of the myths that exist around hiring veterans and then what kind of tips you would give to organizational leaders who want to make a difference and hire more veterans into their organizations. Yeah, You know, a lot of times folks in the civilian sector, when they look at a military resume, don't really understand what that means. That's right. And they don't really understand that so many of the things that are done in the military directly translate into the civilian workspace. I heard somebody say one time that approximately 75 or 80 percent of military occupational specialties exactly translate into the civilian workforce. They're just called different things. And that's the challenge, right? We don't know if you tell me what position you held in the Army, I might, as a civilian, not know what that translates into within an organization. But if you tell me in an organization you were the VP, well, I know what that translates into, right? So, for instance, if somebody's looking for an accounting or finance person, every single service has a bunch of those folks. Also, they have accounts payable, accounts receivable, they've got payroll folks, they've got all of those things. They just don't call them that. Right. And so, you know, you have to understand a little bit better what those military titles and, and ranks and all that stuff means and how it will, will translate into the civilian workforce. And then, just in general, things that everybody in the military gets exposed to is teamwork and leadership and learning how to learn. That's really one of the things that you get taught in the military is how to be trained and how to be trainable. And everybody gets that. Everybody sees leadership. Everybody sees teamwork. And the more experienced or the longer a person is in, the more likely that they have held leadership positions. And so when you get to say you're looking for a store manager, somebody to lead a team, and you see someone who has been an infantry master sergeant, E-8. You're like, well, he's been an infantry soldier. That really doesn't translate. An E-8 is a very high non-commissioned officer rank. He has led soldiers and troops and managed budgets and all the, and he would be a perfect kind of person to be a manager. That's exactly what he has done in many different respects, except that instead of managing a target, he has managed the enlisted folks in an infantry company. Yeah. And we don't think about it because I think it requires more work on our part to learn those skills. And we have to make that commitment because it's so important. One of the things you just talked about, the learning how to learn and how everyone in the military gets that training that's so important for our future workforces, right? We don't know the skills that we're going to need next year 
in five years and 10 years. And so if you have people who are able to learn and know that skill, they're going to be able to learn the things they need to know on the job. And that is a critical part of any military veterans experience. I mean, it's something if you've been in the military, you've lived that for however long you were in the service. I mean, now we talk about people need to be flexible and know how to be retrained and, right. and reinvent themselves. Well, if you're in the military, you're doing that at least every year probably. You get assigned different duties. You're doing one thing, then you're asked to do another thing, you know, and you don't get a whole lot of time to transition. I was telling earlier when I was a platoon leader, my company commander comes in. Uh, I had been a mortar platoon leader for a while, and he comes in and he says, well, Jim, our company XO, executive officer, second in command of the company, is about to leave. He's going to the infantry officer advanced course down at Benning, and I need a new company XO. On Monday, you're going to be a new XO. Talk about adapting in the workplace. So whatever I was doing to lead a military mortar platoon, that's one set of skills. But now I've got to be the second in command of the entire company. Different set of skills. So I had to learn on the job, talk to my colleagues, you know, other exos in the battalion and figure out how to do it. In the military, you learn to move into different jobs and to be adaptable on a regular basis. I want to stop right there and speak about this skill set that Jem just mentioned. This adaptability and learning on the job is a crucial skill set for leadership. Right now, with the COVID-19 crisis, our organizations are being forced to adapt and pivot from one strategy to another. And having leaders and managers who are trained in thinking on their feet and adapting on the job is imperative. These skills are not easily trained for and not ones that the average leader experiences in their everyday career. But for our military veterans, they are equipped with the training and experience for these kinds of uncertain times and leadership in the face of change and crisis. What better time to think about employing veterans and broadening the skill base of your employees? This is an important skill set for the future of all organizations. So if you are an employer interested in recruiting and hiring veterans, pay attention to the next question that I asked Jim about some resources that are available for employers. So are there resources out there that you would recommend to employers? You know, we talked about how do I understand the military lingo or how do I find veterans that might be looking for jobs? What kind of resources would you suggest? It's funny that you ask. I was right after I gave my talk this morning, I went to a lunch in which we were previewing a subscription software package that Sherm now has. And I think it's called Hire Vets. And it does exactly what you're talking about. So if you are hiring someone or you're looking at a military resume and you see on the military resume, this is a person who has been an E7 with a uh, 11 Bravo MOS. I'd go, I don't, you don't know, even what, know that what that means. If you have a subscription to this software package, you go online, open it up, you plug in that information, and then it comes back and it tells you what exactly that means. Yeah. tells you what exactly that means as far as rank, what he did in the military, and then it will further tell you what those particular qualifications, what those particular skills, what that translates to in the civilian workspace. Wow, that's really important for employers. That's a great resource. 
this question relates right back into that, but that is one of the ways that SHRM is focusing on veteran hiring. Are there any other ways that SHRM is going above and beyond in this space and helping organizations focus on veteran hiring? And as a matter of fact, our sister organization, the SHRM Foundation, that's really one of their particular missions is to focus in on veteran hiring issues and to really just work in that space and just do what's necessary as far as programming, education, etc. So our foundation is very, very much involved in that. That's great. And you know, education is part of it, right? We just need to learn what we don't understand, but it's kind of scary to take on those tasks as an employer. So it's good that you're providing those kinds of resources to make it easier. One of the last questions that I have for you is related to our specific student population. So we have a pretty large population of military in all branches of the military students in our program, in our graduate HR program, and they are learning HR skills, right? It's a HR generalist program, so they're learning all the major functions of HR. And it's interesting because some of the things that we talk about in class, I always say, I'm not sure, how does this translate in the military? Mm -hmm. Because some of them are Mm -hmm. still active duty or still very much in their roles in the military. What are some suggestions that you would give in translating some of the things that we talk about in HR into the military? You know, things like inclusive organizations and how to make trust in organizations and how to get people involved and teamwork. You know, what are the, some of the things that you would suggest for them? And then also, what about their next space? Talk about as they move and transition in their sure. career like you did. You know, what are some of the suggestions that you'd give to them and kind of looking towards the future for them? Not to blow our own horn, <laughs> but I would, I would really be remiss if I did not highly recommend that they become SHRM student members. And we have so many resources on our website. I mean, and that would be sort of my, one of my first suggestions to them is to become SHRM student members, get on the website, and then just start reading some of the things that we have there, the articles, the research that we have. It will begin to inform them of some of the, the ways in which civilian HR speaks and addresses things. And I tell you what, once they begin to do that, they will see that it's really just translating it through that sort of civilian to military kind of term filter, but they will recognize an awful lot of what we have out there already because we have a lot of stuff on leadership and management and how you treat people. And it's all the kinds of things that they have learned, they have lived with, and that they teach others during their military service. It's like a lens, right? We actually need that lens on both sides so that we better understand kind of the skills they bring and the things that organizations will need from them that they already possess. Absolutely. And for the civilians who are listening to the veterans as they speak, stop and just listen for a minute to what they're saying. Not necessarily get hung up on the acronyms and the abbreviations and the ranks and all of that, but just sort of listen to the stories that they're telling. And you will hear that all they are are people who have worked in very large organizations, very large organizations that are very particularly mission focused. And if you Keep that in mind and just kind of listen a bit. You will begin to hear again that the stories that they're telling about the people management issues that they had while in uniform are the very same ones that our clients have in the civilian workspace. I can tell you from having been on both sides of that military-civilian line, they are exactly the same things. 
Because people are people, and leading people is basically the same thing no matter where you are. That's right. Okay, I have one more question I'm going to throw at you. What other suggestions would you make that are needed in organizations to support our veterans? So we talked about hiring, right? Mm -hmm. But once they're in our organizations, is there additional support or development beyond just what you would do for any employee that's needed to make sure that our veterans are successful in our organizations and that they're able to be contributing at the same levels every other employee who comes in? You know, I guess one of the things that I would say is I think a fairly obvious one, but by their very nature, veterans are service and goal oriented, Mm. right? They really, they want to be a part of an organization that's doing something, that's doing something important that they believe matters. We all do, but it is, it is really particularly applicable to veterans, I think. And I've, I've heard others say this before. One of the worst things for a veteran is to get into an organization that feels ill-focused, that the organization doesn't seem to really know what it's about. Its goals aren't clearly identified. Its mission isn't clearly stated. Folks don't know, what are we about? What do we do? Who do we serve? And, And how do we do that? And for veterans, that's particularly difficult. It's difficult for all workers, but particularly for veterans, simply because of the goal orientation and mission focus that almost all of us have. Yeah, that makes sense. And because when you were in the military, you had that goal. You knew what you were working towards. You knew what the mission and the values and the goals were. It was laid out in front of you. So to go into a place where that becomes ambiguous, it would be really difficult to adapt. So what I would say to organizations who are trying to make a better workplace for veterans, do that. Refine your mission, refine your focus, and communicate it clearly. And, oh, by the way, not only will you be helping to retain veterans, the rest of your employees will appreciate it, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting with me and taking the time. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. I really liked what Jem just said about stopping and just listening to the veterans as they speak. I think sometimes we can get hung up on abbreviations and words we don't quite understand, but at the end of the day, these veterans have all the experiences that our organizations are looking for. I know our HRD military students are amazingly talented. More than 15% of our online HRD students are active military or veterans or have some sort of military affiliation. And they are incredibly dedicated group of students who are looking for their next mission and form of service for an organization. I loved what Jim shared about the importance of mission and goals for veteran employees and all employees in an organization. When we stop to think about our mission and goals as an organization, we realize they are more than just a slogan or words on paper. They really do help direct the actions of our workers and steer the ship that we are sailing. So, Jim covered a lot of ground on how organizations can better understand our veterans and shift the way we look at hiring. I want to point out that Jim mentioned a few great resources that I'd strongly encourage everyone to take a look at on SHRM's website and the SHRM Foundation website to learn about how to incorporate some of these tools into your own organization. We will provide links to some of those things on our follow-up blog post. Now is the time to rethink veteran hiring in your organization. When faced with our next great challenge or crisis, you will be glad that you took the time to recruit and retain these amazing employees and great leaders. 
All right, everyone. Remember, whatever you are drinking, coffee, tea, or something a little bit stronger, I hope it leads you to fresh brewed ideas that will help make work better for all of us. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of HRT. As your thoughts from today's episode steep, share with us what you are brewing using the hashtag HRT. That's hashtag H-R-T-E-A. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD. To learn more about Villanova University's graduate programs in human resource development and for all the links and notes from today's episode, visit the Villanova HRD blog at villanovahrd.com.